Hello world, welcome back to the Being Martina podcast, it's me, Martina. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm refreshed. Um, I basically have kind of had two weeks off, so I went on vacation, um, not last week, but the week before, correct? Yes, correct. And... Um, I went to Colorado, went to the Rocky Mountains, and it was wonderful. It's really hard to come back to Indiana after you go to Colorado, but um, I'm back. <laughs> it was just what I needed. Perfect vacation. Wonderful. Loved it. Did five days. It was so great. So much hiking. Went to Boulder, went to Denver. It was a great time. And then I um, really didn't have too much like work, working to do. Uh, this week and got to see lots of family for Thanksgiving. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty, pretty good. Um, it's been still, you know, like a, a little bit of rough, just rough time I've <laughs> been going through lately. Um, I talked about my gender a little bit in my last podcast. That certainly has a big chunk of what I'm, I'm, uh, working through, but I think I've also just kind of realized, um, lots of changes in life, you know, like things are just changing, changing, and it's, it's good things, and I feel like I'm becoming a, a new person, like a different person, you know, because I've been doing all this self-work this year, like a lot, a lot, a lot of self-work, and I always am, but this year's been like, just like a really good year in my growth for me, but now I'm at a point where it's like, I feel like I'm just like shedding skin, <laughs> Um, and it's where I've been wanted, wanted to be, so it's good. Um, so on that note of intense self-development and growth, that relates to my friend Harry in, uh, the book and books I'm reading. So I did a little Toxie-poo review thing of, um, the first book, which is escaping my mind right now. I've also been, like, Christmas shopping all day long because it's, like, all the deals are going on, so my brain's a little bit fried right now. But whatever uh, the the first book is called that I cannot believe, I cannot remember right now. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone. There we go. I thought Philosopher's Stone in my head, and I was like, all right, American version. Sorcerer's Stone. I and Which is weird because I live in America. I don't know why I always think of that. Sorcerer's Stone. I already did that book. So now I want to talk about the Chamber of Secrets. I am currently like over halfway through the Goblet of Fire right now. And I want to sort of um, kind of start catching up. It's going to take me a while to read through the rest of the books. This The fourth book is like 700 some pages and it's taken me a month to get like halfway through. Um, partly just because I've been going through a lot, but, um, you know, you can only read these books once for the first time once. So I'm trying to take it slow, <laughs> but anyways, Chamber of Secrets. So far, my favorite book, one of my favorite movies. And from what I can understand in the Potterhead world is it's one of the underrated, um, books slash stories of the series, um, there's certainly a lot that you could hate about it, I can understand, but I really, really like it, and I think it's because I relate to it um, almost all too well. Um, so this episode, I'm probably going to get a little bit deeper than I normally would, 
about uh, Harry Potter, <laughs> let's say, and um, there's been some family things I haven't wanted to talk about too much, but I think this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, so, here we go. Chamber of Secrets. So, as far as what I can understand that people don't like, like, I can understand people really don't like Lockhart because he, like, really sucks. But I don't mind him so much. I think he's a really good, um, like, antagonistic character um, parallel to Harry's character. It's I kind of like that, um, you know, comparison of character. And especially because I think that um, Lockhart would be what we might consider a narcissist. Um, this is not me diagnosing throwing around diagnoses of actual narcissistic personality disorder, but, um, narcissists are, um, people that I, I, uh, have a decent understanding of because I have been around a lot of them in my life. So, I think that's why I, I'm not too bothered by Lockhart because the story of the Chamber of Secrets next to Lockhart really just, it's really just kind of strange how much I relate to it. But so Lockhart's kind of the narcissist. He's obsessed with himself and obsessed with fame. And he's a terrible person in all reality. And then you have Harry, the the under, no, I don't, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The underdog, the hero of the story who potentially has that fame. If he wants to grab a hold of it, he can misuse it and abuse it and go down the same path that Lockhart goes down if he so chooses. Harry could easily become a narcissist, especially if he were manipulated by Lockhart to become one, which Lockhart definitely um, deploys those tactics of manipulation and um, that kind of narcissistic feeling so crappy and insecure about your own self that you puff up this image and then you need everyone else around you to buy into it or it doesn't count. And he, and he knows that if he can get Harry, this really strong kid who has everything going for him and all of this fame attached to his name and everyone, you know, looks up to him and things like that, um, then he, you know, the, the character that Lockhart crafts for himself can make the most impact on the world. That, that insecure puffing up image that he creates, if Harry can buy into it, then I'm sure he would feel unstoppable. So he preys on poor Harry. <laughs> and what is so relatable in that narcissist dynamic um, is in my family dynamics. Um, I have kind of already alluded to the fact that I, um, you know, grew up with a narcissistic abusive father. Um, there's other elements in my family that I don't want to go too much into. Um, they're not as intense, but... Um, I just, I don't, I'm not interested in definitely, you know, throwing people under the bus or anything like that, but my family has not been perfect and we've had to grow a lot as a family and there's still a lot of imperfection. There is a ton of brokenness in my family, especially my extended family. Um, it's just a really awful dynamic um, that exists there. But in the midst of that, there is lots of hope, there is lots of love, and there is lots of you know, future for my family. And I relate to Harry a lot in his 
I guess you could say his family dynamics. You know, I don't have parents that have passed on. I'm not an orphan, but I grew up with an abusive one. And I grew up with a mom that was a lot like Lily that, you know, kind of cast her spell of love over me and that protected me. So I grew up with this really strange dynamic of a parent that doesn't want to love me, doesn't give me love. Um, and and when, you, when, you're, when you're working with a narcissist, that person thinks that what they're doing is love. But deep down, I think they don't. They don't. <laughs> you know, it's not the same as, <coughs> excuse me, it's not the same as, say, like a sociopath that may not have no concept or may not have a, a good concept on love. A narcissist is is aware of feelings. They just um, often a narcissist is is developed that personality is developed out of trauma a lot a lot of times, which is very true in my situation. And that person never gets over their trauma, so they learn to build up this defense mechanism of like this whole different kind of really personality that's a really really crappy personality that uses and and misuses and abuses and manipulates people around them so that dynamic is a really strange dynamic um I don't like Harry's father in the books um you know they don't really talk about him too much in the movies I mean a little bit but um I I just I don't like his dad his dad's a jerk (laughs) so Um, you know, I can kind of relate to that, but it's more so the dynamic of Harry being thrust into the middle of this gigantic thing that's so much bigger than him, but he is so much a part of it, and he's the only way that this big giant thing can end. And I can relate a lot to that in feeling like I was constantly being thrown back and forth, torn on, like, what's going on? around me what is family what is going on like something feels really wrong but I know I feel loved at the same time and I don't understand that that is maddening it's so confusing (laughs) and that's the dynamic that I think Harry experiences you know he's protected by the love uh charm of his mother so he feels very loved and he feels close to his parents but then there's this constant evil He's like literally this child is being chased down by an egotistical whatever insert whatever word you want to put there that's not ableist um, or um, you know neurotypical nonsense uh, monster uh, <laughs> he's being chased down by this monster who like ugh, oh my gosh I just it's sad, you know, this small child that's caught up in this evil, and he's the only one that can really fix it. So he has his destiny written, you know, in neon lights that he is supposed to just go down this path and follow that path, and that's just this big, enormous hero thing that he has to do and be in the world in order to save the world, and he didn't ask for that. Um, okay, I can definitely relate there. That dynamic is what makes this book for me, and it really kind of makes the movie, but I, I definitely enjoyed the book more. But that whole dynamic of just this small child being thrust into this journey, in the second book, it gets really dark. Like, I wasn't expecting it to get that dark in the second book, because the movie obviously gets dark 
but I, I don't know. I experience it more lighthearted than I do the book. Because as soon as he starts going into the forest to talk to Aragog and all of that, like, everything after that, to me, just gets darker and darker and darker. And it's this small child who then is running around in the Chamber of Secrets, like, trying to not get eaten by this giant serpent and stuff. Like, it's amazing the things he's able to accomplish amidst all of this evil that is chasing him around and the journey that he's been thrust into but he's protected by love and it's almost like that love is what gives him clarity and guides him to make the right choices at the right time um and of course this is a story that's preconceived it's a story that jk rowling you know came up with and and wrote so in real life is it that perfect not necessarily but it's still that notion of love will guide the way, will give you the words to say in the, in, in the moments you need them, will give you the actions to do in the moments you need them. And I feel very, um, a, a very strong affinity to that, that story of my mother's love carrying me through um, the trials and tribulations of my family dynamic, one of the closest things to me. Um, and then, you know, um, having to heal through that trauma as it be, as it is, um, as I go out into the world and try to accomplish all of these things that, again, are way bigger than me, you <laughs> know, trying to change the world. Um, I also felt like a really strong connection to, um, or I guess I could say better, like, I, I really liked Fox when Fox came in. Um, you know, and, and healed Harry's wound with his tear and just that love in his time of need. That's what it feels like internally a lot of times for me. Um, and again, my family is not perfect. Um, it's not just my dad that that <laughs> has done a lot of wrong. Um, my family just, you know, there's a lot of problems and it's got a lot better over the years. I'm very thankful for that. But um it's just kind of like my family has a very, um, amidst all of this nonsense, has a very strong and firm foundation in what I would call faith. Um, just faith and hope, you know, that things are going to get better. Things are always going to get better in this constant growth, you know. So no one, there's never a moment in my family where things are just stagnant. There's always growth. And um, that strength and integrity is what keeps us moving forward and is what has built me up as a person and kept me moving forward amidst all of this nonsense and abuse going on around me and things like that. And Fox reminds me of that, of it's just, you know, like when I have those moments where I'm panicking or I don't know what to do, I just stop and think, what have I been taught? What do I know? What do I know that I know? And it's those kind of things that are like embedded into my family DNA of like, well, we can't give up. We got to keep going. We've got to make things better. My family can't end here, you know. And um, that's kind of what Fox, it's kind of this, this warm affinity I have with Fox coming in at, at the right moment and being the hero as he is. Um, and the last real big thing that I really felt... A strong connection to was in the last few chapters and really Harry explores it through the whole series obviously but he you know explores it up until the last few chapters as well of 
am I just like Voldemort? You know, he, we feel a part of each other. We're very similar. We can both speak parcel tongue, things like that. Am I just like him? And I find myself asking myself the same type of question in relationship to my dad. Um, am I a narcissist? Am I an abusive person? Am I just like my dad? Because I have those moments where I step back and I analyze times of my life or I analyze something I did or said and I'm like, that's not, no, <laughs> that's not okay. And I'm, I'm very grateful to have wonderful people in my life that are able to, I guess you could say, call me out or, you know, stop and say, what's going on with you? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and um, to not always be guided by wrong things I've been taught. And I come to the conclusion that I'm not like my father, but it still wears on you a little bit because that's what you've grown up in. And so when Harry's confronting Tom Riddle and Tom's trying to convince him, you know, you're just like me, we are one, et cetera, et cetera, and Harry's really struggling with that, and he's still able to overcome it. He has the wisdom, <coughs> excuse me, he has the wisdom of Dumbledore on his side. He has the love of his friends, the love of his parents, that even though they aren't there, um, I just feel such a strong connection to that, and it's a really... I have not encountered any other story in my 25 years of living or part of a story, I should say, that I've ever related to in that area of my life so much. <laughs> it's a really strange feeling, like a really, really weird thing. Um, I read the last two chapters very slowly because I, it's very easy to read the Harry Potter books, obviously. You know, if I wanted to, I could like plow through them and I probably would have if I read them as they came out I read the third one um in like fourth grade third grade so I read it sometime um like after it had come out and I read it very quickly so I can I can attest to that to some extent but I'm I'm wanting to read them slowly in general but I found it hitting me in a really heavy way <laughs> and I started realizing that number one, oh my god, like, Harry, <laughs> holy smokes, man. Like, the movies really don't, for me, don't capture the amount of, like, evil and terror that you are constantly in and going through. And it is amazing that you are able to get up every day and put one foot in front of the other and not just want to, like, sleep the rest of your life. Like, it's amazing. And again, this is a story, so of course it's not going to showcase all of that stuff. You know, you're not going to get the day-to-day, -day, you know, mental health of Harry. But it's still, like, I feel very strongly an affinity to that strength that keeps you moving, having that support system. And, and it's, I also relate to just the fact that you know, Harry grew up even with the Dursleys. You know, he's an orphan for one. And then he deals with the Dursleys and then he deals with Voldemort. And so he has a way worse than me, way worse than I've ever had it. <laughs> but I relate to, you know, he leaves the Dursleys and all of a sudden these people care who the heck he is and care who, care about him and, and things like that. And that's kind of the way I feel sometimes when I have friends and family that are loving and caring. Um, because that 
Voldemort voice in my head of my my own dad um, is my scar on my forehead <laughs> um, being being groomed to um, support someone else's agenda and wishes that are uh, not good <laughs> for the world and people around him. It messes with your head sometimes. So I really, really related to that. And it was just such a such a great feeling to end the book and be like, oh, okay, he overcame it. You know, gives me hope. And there's so many signs of hope throughout the whole book and the series that keep me going and keep me reminded of why I do the things I do and what I love in the world and who I love and who I am. So that constant, I mean, like I said, it's, it doesn't just end with a second book, but he really starts to understand its choices. It's choices that I make. I don't have to be like Voldemort if I choose not to be. Um, now, he has Voldemort in his head, obviously, in later books, and it's still like a struggle, but he makes those everyday choices. He makes those big choices. Um, he makes choices that he doesn't even, like, that are so much bigger than himself. I don't even think he fully grasps um, the extent, the... Uh, magnanimity of his his actions um and the breadth and width of of what they're doing for the wizarding world and in you know for the muggle world with the world in uh, large in general so i love the chamber of secrets because it's extremely personal um there has not been another harry potter book that i've read so far that has been that personal um i would say the um um, Sorcerer's Stone was, was pretty personal, but so far in what I've read up to halfway, over halfway through the Goblet of Fire, I've not read another story in the Harry Potter series that is this personal. So when people want to take a big dookie on the Chamber of Secrets, just remember little old me and <laughs> things I've been through and how important stories like that are and how much hope they give people like me and things like that. So... I am want to talk about The Prisoner of Azkaban next. Obviously, I think I'm going to let some time go by because I don't want to catch up to where I'm at and then wait six months to get to the next book. So we're just going to kind of roll with it. Uh, I may talk about other books in the meantime. I just kind of come up with topics as I go with my life. I want to make it authentic. So um, yeah, thanks for tuning in this week. Chamber of Secrets all the way. It's the best book so far. Maybe the best book of all. I don't know yet. I will let you know, though, and I will talk to you about something else next week.